Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this, this very show. Of course. That's what you gotta do. I'm vamping because I can't get my volume to go down. <laughs> there we go. it wouldn't be the end of 2020 if I didn't have some sort of uh, soundbar mess up. <laughs> uh, greetings programs and welcome to the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. Uh, oh, soundbar. I, how I love you so. <laughs> it had to be one last little glitch yeah. before we move on to 2021. Uh, we were talking before we started here about Super Mario World. The, uh, the Nintendo Switch dropped earlier this week with uh, Shikiro Miyamoto doing a walkthrough of the ja the uh, Super Mario World in Japan. And holy crap, I want to go so bad. I want to go so bad. It looks like everything that, that the childhood version of you would want mm -hmm. in a Nintendo theme park. Like it, I literally felt like a kid again when I was watching that direct. Oh man, I just want I we were talking about it too like what would what is because he did let it slip that it, they're going to build one in Orlando and I know that our official fact checker Wally Phelps would know this information but I I don't know when the contract runs out for Universal with the Marvel stuff that they have in Islands of Adventure but if they if, if once that contract runs out that's a lot of empty space they would have at Islands of Adventure to be able to not only put a Super Mario World, but also a Zelda, uh, a Zelda land. And wouldn't it be awesome if to enter Zelda World, you would have to walk into a cave and it, the cave is the entrance and there's an old man 
sitting there and he says, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And you get this little sword that you take into the Zelda world with you that interacts with certain things like that would be awesome. If you do that and then you walk out into Hyrule mm-hmm. and you hear a, an orchestra version of the main Zelda theme, I will be completely honest. I would cry. <laughs> I would I absolutely I would cry if that happened. Oh, absolutely. because that's like to just imagine the possibility of that is amazing. And it, I feel like a Nintendo theme park is way overdue because we've got Marvel. Harry Potter has one. Mm-hmm. So why why not Nintendo? Nintendo's been around for so long. It, it needs to happen. And it's going to happen in Japan. And eventually it will happen here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to be patient with it. But I think it's going to be well worth the wait. Well, you've got Nintendo, which is pretty much as, as big as Disney at this point as far as recognition. Um, you know, the Mario franchise is, is the biggest... Uh, video game franchise ever he he's just as recognizable as mickey mouse so why not have uh you know an entire theme park based on nintendo properties it just it makes sense yeah what would you do for zelda theme attractions um let's see well you could have a little boating area where you could do like kind of a wind waker type of thing um you of course you could have uh, the link to the past where um, I don't know what the attractions would actually be. Like you could have the little dif- different areas. Like you have like the desert area where you could have like, um, you know, some sort of a, a like a roller coaster. And then you have uh, the water area with like a log flume or something like that. Just different, like different areas of the map that would represent, you know, different kind of rides for that area. You have the mountain that, area at the, at the the north part of the, uh, you know, of the map and all that kind of stuff. Because I was trying to think of other attractions for the different Nintendo properties, like Mario Kart, automatic, like you got to have it. Oh, yeah. I, I think a Donkey Kong themed roller coaster would be amazing, especially if you're like in a barrel and you're going through the jungle. Yes, that would be really cool. <laughs> that would to be do an some awesome type... uh, roller coaster too. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> you could also do um, almost like an indoor, not like a roller coaster, but a simulated ride for Metroid, and do yeah. some really cool visuals with like Ridley and the, you know the space pirates and everything. I think that would make but, a good motion ride. Yeah, like kind of like take, the um, yeah they could take like the Spider Man ride from yeah, Universal. That's what I was gonna say they could take over the Spider Man ride and just retrofit it to to metroid yeah but like zelda's the thing that i've like it's my favorite nintendo property but i was thinking what what kind of attractions could you do for zelda yeah i mean that's where i've kind of struggled more of just kind of an immersive experience where you're going through the different lands like each land could have you could have some delicacies like uh from uh you could have a restaurant where you could go get some of the delicacies that Link makes in uh, Breath of the Breath Wild, of the Wild. <laughs> like that type of stuff. You could have archery, like archery type things there. Um, oh, you could do a uh, an archery, um, like not like a VR game, but kind of like Toy Story Mania, yeah. the Buzz Lightyear ride at, at Disney. You could do something like that with archery. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. 
Um, and I was thinking too, what would be cool? Like they could do even newer properties. Like they could have an entire uh, arena, sort of like laser laser tag with uh, based off Splatoon. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think that would be fun. You know, they'd have to have something Pokemon related. Yeah. Well, I would think the whole theme park would be uh, just one big Pokemon Go just hotspot. <laughs> like something yeah. like that. Absolutely. By the no, time it's... it got built, they could have the, the gla- you know, like almost like Google Glass where they, you could get glasses to put on and you could actually see the Pokemon like around and try to catch, like have a little Pokeball that you can carry around with you and try to catch them. If this happens, I will never leave that park. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we I not in start, charge? We're, we're coming up with the good ideas doing, here. I will start doing the show from the park every week because I will not leave. But yeah, I think with Zelda, you, you should just have uh, different roller coasters and things like that. Like, I don't know, just like, uh, you know, you got the big, uh, you know, uh, Zelda's castle in the middle, of course. Um, just, I don't know. Like, I would have to really think about that. Like, what kind of rides you could do for a Zelda-themed park? I'd have to buy a tunic. Yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Metroid would totally work for, like, a motion ride. Uh, Donkey Kong makes a great uh, uh, sort of a rail car type of roller coaster uh, with broken parts of the track, but not really, you know? Yeah. Um, Let's see what other Nintendo properties could they could they do? Um, oh, of, co- of course, they have to have like a little Animal Crossing section. I actually have a funny Animal Crossing story. Okay, so there's a there's a cool store in the mall we have here in town called Box Lunch. It's a chain store, but they sell like nerdy pop culture type stuff, and they have a video game section. But since Thanksgiving, it has been taken over by Animal Crossing merch. Really. Yeah, it's like I I walk in the first thing I see is bam Animal Crossing and I'm like I can't escape it. <laughs> well, it's a good game. I mean, I I actually haven't played it in a few months. Um but that was probably one of the few one that's definitely the one game that kept me from going crazy earlier this year. Yeah. So, thank you Nintendo. It, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll talk about Animal Crossing again here in a bit. Oh yeah. Um, but if you want to, let's go ahead and go into the news, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. This came from NintendoLife.com. It's a hardware review for Sega Astro City Mini, the esoteric way to mark 60 years in the business. Um, 2020 has been a ru- pretty rough year, um, but Sega is celebrating 60 glorious years in the business. Um, the Astro City Mini is like the Neo Geo Mini, uh, if you've seen that. It's a tabletop arcade machine, which comes preloaded with 37 games. It has a built-in LCD screen, a micro-switch joystick, and six action buttons, imitating perfectly the original Astro City arcade cabinet from back in the day. It's powered uh, via a micro-USB, uh, not USB-C, sadly, port on the back, and boasts HDMI out, so you can connect it to your television for 720p gaming goodness. A 3.5mm headphone socket is also included, as are two USB-A ports, so you can connect compatible controllers. Um, 
it is uh, a little bit higher resolution than the Neo Geo Mini. Uh, unfortunately, unlike SNK, Sega has adopted has opted to include a screen with a 16 by 9 ratio, which means during gameplay there are two black borders down either side of the image. Uh, and honestly, that really doesn't bother me when I'm playing older games because even the Sega Genesis Mini is like that um, with the kind of the, the borders along the side. Um, but it uh, comes with games Alien Syndrome, Alien Storm, Golden Axe, uh, Golden Axe The Revenge of Death Adder, Columns 2, Dark Edge, um, let's see, Fantasy Zone, Virtual Fighter, Altered Beast, uh, Sonic Boom, uh, a bunch of other games I've never heard of, Alex Kidd, The Lost Stars, Space Harrier, uh, Columns, Crackdown, Eastwatt, uh, Puyo Puyo, Shinobi, uh, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy 2 and Monster Land and Wonder Boy 3 Monster Lair. And that's just like half of the games that came on it. Um, but let's see. Does it have the price on here anywhere? I didn't see the price of it. Did you? Um, I am not. This is actually a really long article. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm just trying to skim over it a little bit because I wanted to let people know about this. But if you're interested in the, uh, um, the Sega Astro City Mini, just go to NintendoLife.com. Uh, they got a lot of great pictures of this thing, and it looks really cool. Uh, I wouldn't mind actually having one, but it just depends really on how much this thing costs. Well, I think it's also very important that you can hook this up to your TV. Okay. Because uh, it looks really small. Yeah. So I, it's like, I, that's how I would want to play it is on a TV. Otherwise, I'd feel like I'd break it. Yeah. And uh, welcome, Axeblade, to the chat room. And he said... Uh, uh, he had a buddy that bought it and said it was really fun and well made, and it's around $140, he thinks. Okay. So it's not bad, but honestly, it's still a little bit out of my price range. I would think it, it would be a little more, less than 100 and then I would go for it, like maybe 80 or 90 Yeah, 90 was what I was thinking. Yeah. But it does have a like a wide selection. Yeah, it's which got is a, good. It's got a nice little selection of games on here. So I mean, this looks better than some of the other, you know, similar systems that we've seen yeah. that are made like this. So. And it's cool that you could actually, you know, you can hook it up to your TV and use a uh, like a Sega, um, Sega Genesis. Uh, I think a USB you could plug into yep. it and uh, use it sort of as like a, a Sega Genesis Mini. Uh, and speaking of that, it's actually the Genesis Mini is on sale right now on Amazon. It's like thirty dollars off right now. So if you oh, well worth it. Yeah, if you haven't picked it up, holy crap! Now's the time to get it. Yeah, I've had so much fun with the Genesis Mini. So good. Let's see. Our next story also comes to us from NintendoLife.com. Figured you Capcom would like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you threw this one in there. Uh, Capcom shows off more footage of Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. Uh, the announcement of Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection certainly came out of the blue. While the franchise was once one of Capcom's most famous efforts, it has fallen by the wayside in recent years, so it was a nice surprise to see the Japanese veteran dust this one off for another adventure. The host of the Japanese Capcom TV channel got a chance to see the game in motion recently, and while we're still not 100% comfortable with the new visual style, it would seem that Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection has lost none of the series' penchant for challenging gameplay. Sure, Arthur can take three hits now before he dies, 
but the level designs appear to be as demanding as ever, calling for pixel-perfect jumps and precision attacks. Expect to hurl a few controllers at the wall if you're planning on picking this one up early next year. Uh, there's also a YouTube link where you can watch the footage. It's about an hour and 17 minutes into the video. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a screen cap, which, don't get me wrong, this the graphics look really good. It looks great. Yeah, I think it's a good, yeah it's a great-looking game. Axeblade says, Bet Jason is like, no way in hell I'm playing that game. You are absolutely 100% correct, sir. <laughs> yeah, I feel I mean, like if this is going to be reviewed, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, I mean, I might play it, but I'm definitely not going to review this thing because I'm, I mean, I'm probably, I just, I just don't have it in me to, to play games this hard anymore. There's a small part of me that wants to do it. Yeah. I'm I mean, not going to lie. If there's a difficulty level, like if you could do like easy, you know, intermediate expert, I would probably do it and play it on easy. But if it's just straight like banging your head against the wall, like the originals, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it says exactly when the game is going to come out. It just says early next year. But I imagine in the spring sometime. Yeah. I mean, I, I might give this a shot. We'll we'll see. Okay. I That's, might review it just for entertainment purposes. Yeah. <laughs> and here's something from also from that. We got a lot of Nintendo Life articles this week. And this came from I Am The Rampage, one of our listeners and uh, regular listeners and Patreon people. Uh, this is so weird. This is, uh, it says, KFC made a console for some reason. The console war is heating up once again with the addition of a new contender, the KF console. Uh, It's not the first time we've seen fast food turning to gaming. Uh, We've seen Arby's partner with Cuphead, McDonald's getting into Animal Crossing, and previous KFC stunts have involved a chicken restaurant-themed island in New Horizons. Um, The Switch may be great for playing the latest Zelda games, but the KF console includes the world's first built-in chicken chamber, to keep your poultry snacks warm and presumably tasting like computer fumes, can Mario keep your chicken warm? No, he can't. KFC spokesperson Mark Cheevers took the time to issue an offer that slash threat to other platforms. If Sony or Microsoft want any tips on how to engineer a chicken chamber for their efforts next time, they'd be welcome to get in touch. What is this? <laughs> is this for real? This might be your next birthday present. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wally says, what's the matter, Jason? Chicken. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> no, this is a Wally thing here, because you know he would love to, to keep his Popeyes warm in the, in the, to ch- the chicken chamber. Wally I mean, is in a theory. Of, I mean, I love Popeyes, too, but I think Wally is a connoisseur, connoisseur of Popeyes chicken. I mean, in theory, like, you know, who doesn't love some good old-fashioned chicken tenders? I like chicken, but Just I'll keep be honest, them warm I, white. I do not like KFC. I, I love... <laughs> Wally said, this console was made specifically for Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Least to go oh, chicken. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so does the, the chicken chamber act as like a heat sink or something? Or like you put it in the chicken and it keeps your console from overheating because it soaks up all the heat. I 
I couldn't even begin to describe how this works I'll be or honest. how I would think how this would work. If you guys want to buy me the KFC console, I will definitely hook it up and play it and use it. Yeah. Expect it on your doorstep. I, I, Wally says he would love to sully it by placing Popeyes in it. <laughs> now, if Popeyes <laughs> makes a console, I'm definitely going for it. I want a Popeyes oh, for sure. console. I mean, why not? I mean, if KFC can do it, yeah. why can't Popeyes? It's so weird. I mean, it's, it's weird because it seems like KFC is trying to dabble in other medium. Because have you heard about the KFC movie? Yes, I actually want to see that. <laughs> Just... With Mario Lopez? Out of sheer curiosity, I want to see it. So I, I, I saw this on Facebook a little while ago. For those who don't know, I actually have the article pulled up because I thought this would be a cool little follow-up. Mario Lopez stars as KFC's sexy Colonel Sanders in Lifetime mini-movie called A Recipe for Seduction. It's a short film that was made... Specifically for a lifetime, you can look at the the uh, poster, and yeah, it's just got him in like a a tight white shirt with the gray hair, the mustache, the glasses. Like he's got the Colonel Sanders look. So if Colonel weird. if Colonel Sanders <laughs> went on the keto diet and hit the gym, this is what he would look like. Uh, yeah, uh, did you read the the title of it? <clears throat> While he says it's called Recipe for Seduction. Yep. No. <laughs> no. And Axeblade said, got to say, I do want to know more. Honestly, I do too. Like, I want to know more about this KFC console. I just, I just want to know why. You could play the console after you watch A Recipe for Seduction. Yeah, but you can't eat chicken and play video games. because Your controllers will get all greasy. Now, if they have, like, a controller that's, like, degreaser for your hands, that would be a, a good technology to have. That would be pretty innovative, actually. Oh, Wally, I'm not even going to read that. <laughs> oh, God. He said, Duncan's, please donut leave me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's I move like X-Blade Seduction. I think it may warrant a roundtable discussion as a bonus episode for Patreons next year. I think so. <laughs> we'll review the KF console for wow. Patreons. Or no, that should be the movie we watch for February. Is a recipe for seduction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man! I think we'll, that, we'll move on. I think this next story came from Myron the Rampage too. I, I think. Yeah, let's see. So this is um, from SiliconEra.com. I love their little logo. Yeah, at the top with the dinosaurs yeah. and the joists. I love that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Koei Tecmo final appeal and Capcom lawsuit rejected by Supreme Court. Uh, Koei Tecmo announced that the Supreme Court of Japan had rejected its final appeal regarding the patent infringement lawsuit filled by Capcom. The final appeal settlement brought a complete closure to the lawsuit, which was filed in 2014. Capcom sued them for infringing a couple of game-related patents owned by the company. The first one involved unlocking more content by reading the disc of a previous game commonly seen in the Extreme Legends expansion of Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors games. The other handled controller rumble to convey information not visible on the player's screen was used in the Fatal Frame series. Uh, let's see. Uh, Koei Tecmo was then ordered by the High Court to pay $143,843,710 yen in compensation to Capcom. 
However, it sent a final appeal to the Supreme Court of Japan on September 24th, 2019, and they rejected the appeal on December 15th of this year. That's the thing about lawsuits is they can drag for years. Oh, yeah. As we've seen here. That's why I hope to never be involved with one. See, I don't really understand what exactly was going on here because it said... um... The first one involved unlocking more content by reading the disc of a previous game commonly seen in the Extreme Legends expansions of Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors. The other handheld controller rumble to convey information not visible on a player's screen was using the Fatal Frame series. I don't really understand what exactly was going on with this lawsuit. Yeah, it doesn't really... I feel like the article doesn't explain it very well. Yeah, um... I don't know. Like, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure. I, like, law is not really my area of expertise. I, the, the only thing I can really think of is that they can drag out for years. Because like, this happened, it was filed in 2014. Yeah. And I remember them talking about this years ago. but it, And this is the first I've heard about it since then, because I had completely forgotten about it. And um, yeah, some kind of copyright infringement thing and... Like overseas, like the copyright laws are so weird between each country that I don't even try to understand any of it, honestly. Yeah, because then you get into country laws, you get into state laws. Yeah. It's it's a lot. And for our last story tonight, and this is from express.co.uk, Nintendo Switch free download release looks absolutely unmissable. Um, Nintendo Switch fans have just found out about a new free games download release heading their way, and it looks unmissable for retro gaming enthusiasts. Um, let's see, let's move down. Capcom will be del- will be delving into their back catalog full of all-time greats for the upcoming Capcom Arcade Stadium compilation. Uh, this inbound game lets Switch players play a range of classic Capcom titles from the arcade glory, de- glory days of the 80s and 90s. Um, it's initially... Well, uh, available as a free download and allows you to play Awesome Shmup 1943 without paying a single penny. The original uh, original uh, platformer Ghosts and Goblins, which we just talked about, will also be available as a free add-on. In total, 32 games Capcom Arcade Classics will be playable on the Switch collection. However, you'll have to download DLC packs to play the other games. Uh, still, 1943 and Ghosts and Goblins are incredible free downloads that you don't want to miss out on. Um, and it says it's going to be coming out as a free download in February 2021. That's a lot. It is. I, I'm actually pretty excited about this because I like 1941. I've never or played 43, it. I mean, uh, it's it's really fun. It's one of the. Uh, uh, games I used to play on NES back in the day. It's just one of those kind of scrolling shooters, almost like a, like Galaga type of thing, yeah. but it's set in World War II. It's really fun. I'll have to check that out. I mean... <laughs> Axeplay oh, says, boy. Random Gamer, my console does 10 teraflops. Wally, well, sir, my console does 12 chicken wings. <laughs> uh, I love how Wally says he'll have to get the console from Grubhub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it for this. Uh, it's going to have um, Bionic Commando, Strider, of course, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Um, trying to see what other games are going to... It doesn't really say what all games... Oh, yeah, it does. 
Uh, yeah, there's a list at the very bottom. Okay, 1941, 42, 43, and 44, and 19XX, Battle Circuit, Bionic Commando, Captain Commando, uh, Carrier Air Wing, Commando, Cyberbots, Dynasty Wars, Final Fight, Forgotten Worlds, Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts, Giga Wing, Legendary Wings, that's one I want to play as Legendary Wings, uh, Mega Twins, Pirate Ship, Higamaru, Powered Gear, Pro Gear, Section Z. That's one uh, I'm going to be doing a review on uh, early this next year. Um, Senjo no Okami 2, Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior, uh, Hyper Fighting, Strider, Street Street Fighter 2 Turbo, um, Operation Thunderstorm, and Warriors of Fate. A lot of games coming out for this thing. Yeah. That's actually really cool. Yeah. I wonder what the how much the the add-ons are going to be. I hope not too expensive. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hopefully not. It says here, yes, February, so not too... Not too long yeah, to wait. Two months, and it'll be here. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So do you want to go ahead and do uh, Patreon shout-outs before we go into the main topic for tonight? Yeah, for sure. So as always, we like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out Armez Jackson, Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, and Tyler Watson. Thank you guys so much, as always, for your continued support. And because you have kept us at the $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks. I know we just did uh, a, basically a two-for-one. We did a Batman the Animated Series and the real Ghostbusters, uh, two Christmas-themed episodes of those shows. So uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, those are available now. And if you would like to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, head over to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. So do you want to tell everybody what we're doing this evening? I mean, I know all of our, our regular listeners know, but any new people coming in, thank you for joining us. And uh, we're doing something a little bit different for this show. So yeah, we're wrapping up 2020. I, know I think we've got one more show after this, but... Uh, an idea that actually you had was to do a top five list of favorite games that we've played this year. Didn't have to be released in 2020 or just a game you never played before. Just games that you've played throughout the year that you would put as a top five. And you know I'm a sucker for a good top five list. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of submissions, too. So. We, we did, yeah. I, thank you guys so much. I was blown away by the number of responses that we yeah. got. 
And I and so, I, I checked Discord, I checked Twitter, I checked Facebook. I mean, we both did uh, you know, uh, uh looked at this list four or five times. So if we missed anybody, um we apologize, but we got so many submissions that uh it was hard to kind of keep up with all that we were getting. So if we missed you, we'll we'll get if just let us know and we'll we'll get it on the next show. Yeah. So how do you want to do this? Do you want me to just go through my list? Yeah, we'll do and that. And then you go through yours? Yeah. Okay. We'll and then uh, for for the listeners, we can alternate. Like okay. you can read a list and I'll read a list. So okay. um so I had a couple of honorable mentions on mine. Uh I did play through Sonic Mania again this year. I've talked about how much I like that game. It's one of my favorite Sonic games of all time. Uh Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, which is still giving me some difficulty. Not as much as when I was reviewing it, but uh, still having a lot of fun doing it. It's a great looking game. Uh, the controls are tight. Great weapon choices. The The tracks are really cool. So I, I like Crash Team Racing. I had a lot of fun going through and playing Paper Mario again when I reviewed it on the show earlier this year. I hadn't played the original Paper Mario in several years. So getting to actually sit down and go through an RPG was a lot of fun. And it's still, I feel like it doesn't get talked about as much because Mario RPG for Super Nintendo is just so highly regarded mm -hmm. that Paper Mario doesn't get talked about. And then I put Chrono Trigger. The reason why it's not is because, uh, or it's not in the actual top five is because I haven't beaten it yet. Yeah. Less but I here. really, really like doing it. Mm -hmm. But uh, my number five is a game that you reviewed on the show, Goblin Sword. And you highly recommended it to me. I've had a lot of fun playing it. Still go through and play it every once in a while. Um, haven't beaten it yet, but it, it made such a, a good impression on me that it, it was to me what like a better Zelda 2, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Well, it's definitely one of the best indie games I've played this year because it's such yep. an addicting gameplay type. Uh, just trying to go through and find a little uh, secret areas and getting all, you know, the little things you need to get the keys and all that kind of stuff. It's just, you have to play it and experience it to understand like how addictive it is. Yeah. My number four is Mario 3d all-stars. I had a lot of fun going back and playing, especially Mario 64. Cause I haven't played Mario 64 in quite some time. I reviewed Mario sunshine not too long ago. And then Galaxy is, if that game had come out for the Switch with HD graphics, because people forget the Wii was still standard definition. Yeah. But but seeing it with a little bit better graphics was really cool. Um, I would love to see a full, like, full high definition, like a Mario, maybe like a Mario Galaxy 3 with Switch level graphics would be great. But yeah. I, I had fun going back and playing all three of those games. Uh, my number three is Fall Guys for PlayStation 4. Have you ever played Fall Guys? Uh -uh, never have. So it's a racing game where you play as uh, you get a little jelly bean avatar <laughs> and you put little outfits on him and you literally race through obstacle courses. That's cool. And then so say so say like you start with 60 characters, the first 30 to finish advance to the next round. Mm. And then, you know, the first, you know, the next half are cut and you go through, I think, three or four um, tracks, but each have different obstacles that you have to do. So some you just have to go through like fake walls, some you have to 
you know, maneuver your way through moving objects and things like that. Some are puzzle related, which is pretty cool. But uh, my biggest frustration with Fall Guys, they did a limited edition uh, Sonic outfit, but I didn't have the funds to get it. Oh, that's because you had. <laughs> yeah. So I was a little disappointed by that, but it's a really fun game. Those who haven't played Fall Guys, definitely check it. I know Wally mentioned it uh, when he sent his list. He said that it was almost on his, too. So I know he knows about Fall Guys, but my number two is Super Mario 35. This game, I have a love-hate relationship with this game. I love playing it, but it's so frustrating because I get so close to winning, and I can't do it. Dude, I, got, I don't know what it is. I got to number three the other night. Number three, and I died. But I didn't die because of anything anybody else did. I got a little too cocky, and I ended up falling into the abyss because I misjudged a jump. Yeah, it's little moments like that, or when you just run out of time. Mm-hmm. It just It's so frustrating, but I love the format of it. I think Mario is perfect for it. I hope they do something uh, Sonic-related mm-hmm. in 2021 with this format. I think it would be great. Uh, I love Mario 35. My number one, Link's Awakening Remastered. I know it's a game that you recently reviewed. Mm-hmm. It's... To me, probably the most underrated Zelda game of all time still. But the art style, the gameplay, it's as much as I love Breath of the Wild and Ocarina of Time, there's something about the format of Link to the Past yeah. that is just so perfect for Zelda. So getting to play the remastered after doing Breath of the Wild, and again, I love Breath of the Wild, but it was nice to go back to that traditional top-down view go in a dungeon, mm-hmm. find the bow and arrow or the rock's feather, get through the dungeon, fight the boss, collect the instrument, and you move on to the next one. There's something about that that's just perfect for yeah. Zelda, and I love the Link's Awakening remaster. Um, and as no surprise, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Link's Awakening remastered is my number one game that yep. I played this year, too. Just like you said, that that Link to the Past vibe... Like, that's my all-time favorite Zelda game is Link to the Past, and Link's Awakening is so reminiscent of that, and just being able to play it on the Switch, it's such a gorgeous game. The gameplay is just that classic top-down Zelda. It's just, it's so good. If you haven't played it, you're missing out on one of the best experiences on the Switch you can have. Yeah, for sure. Um, but for mine, um, I do have some runners up. Of course, uh, you know, Super Mario 35 is definitely a runner up. Uh, um, Tetris 99, I play a lot of. That's a runner up. But uh, when it comes to the, my actual list, the best games I played this year, I start off number five was um, kind of a cheat because I started this game. Uh, I think in 2018, but I didn't actually finish it till this year, but I put in more hours this year playing it to finish it. Mad Max for PS4. That game came out, I think, in 2016, and it a lot of people slept on it, man, and it's one of the most fun open-world games I've played. Like, if you like the Mad Max universe and you you, you like that... Um, sort of Red Dead Redemption style open world sort of thing like, like Grand Theft Auto open world 
you you really like Mad Max. Like it's just it's post apocalyptic and just cool. You're building your car from nothing and just building up yourself, your your abilities, you know, your the the way you look and like your armor and it's just it's so cool. And uh one of the best games I played this year uh that I actually finished. Um of course number four was Mega Man Eleven. You know I'm a Mega Man fan. Mega Man 11 for the Switch is so good. Uh, I highly recommend anybody, if you're a side scroller, a fan of side scrollers, you're a fan of Mega Man, go pick up Mega Man 11. I mean, you don't have to get it on the Switch. You can get it on PS4. Uh, I think the Xbox One has pretty much any, you can play it anywhere. And uh, it's absolutely 100% worth it. Uh, my number three is, of course, uh, you mentioned it Goblin Sword. Um, one of the best indie games that you can possibly get for the Switch. Like, there's no, just the the tight gameplay of it, and the the just the the whole aesthetic of the game. Trying to get all the little hidden secrets and everything. It's just it's so addicting that game. It's ridiculous, and you just have to play it to understand. And it's not that expensive. So if you haven't played it, go check it out on on the Switch Store. Um, my number two is, of course, Animal Crossing New Horizons. I put a lot of time and effort into that game this year, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I looked at my uh, year-end review for Ninten the Nintendo Switch today, and uh, my playtime in April and May were like three or four times what my normal play time is. So those two months were just nothing but uh, Animal Crossing. And I know it's not a lot of people's cup of tea, but it's just one of those, like, it's total relaxation type of game. It's not, it's not really a game. Like there's no real, like, uh, tasks or anything you have. There's no bosses to fight. There's nothing to fight. It's just basically just building your island and making friends and like all that kind of building cool things on your island. So it, it's really relaxing, and that's what I liked about the game. There was no pressure to it or stress whatsoever. And, of course, my number one was Link's Awakening Remastered. By far the best experience you you can have on the Switch uh, playing a Zelda game. Like, I love Breath of the Wild, but if you're a fan of the old-school Zelda games, go get Link's uh, Awakening Remastered. Like, it is... So reminiscent of Link to the Past. It's crazy. Zelda magic at its finest. Absolutely. Uh, and now we're going to move on to everybody else's top five list. These are all the lists that everybody uh, sent to us. So do you want to start off with this first one here? HM? I'm not sure who that is. That is... Uh, oh, that was my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. From, uh, right. from my list. Okay. But yeah, I'll I'll start us off. So... Uh, again, thank you to everyone who submitted your list on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Discord. Uh, overwhelming at the number of responses that we got. So it's very much appreciated. But we're going to kick things off with the official fact checker of the Nerd Cave Retro Show, Mr. Wally Phelps. His number five, Animal Crossing for the Switch, which you just talked about. Mm -hmm. Number four is Fortnite for the PS5. So I've played a little bit of Fortnite. I know a lot of people like it, but yeah. I just can't get into it. I couldn't either. I downloaded the free version on the Switch and played it a little bit. I played for about mm -hmm. two hours. I was like, eh, this is not my thing. 
yeah, I like watching other people play it, but it's just not it's not my thing. Yeah. Number three, Astro's Playroom for PS5. Number two, Among Us for PC. And number one, Spider-Man Miles Morales for PS5, which is a game I cannot wait to play. <laughs> Me too. He says Among Us will be number one if it had in-game voice chat, easier ways to join lobbies, and penalties for people who leave the game. And Fall Guys was almost there too. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. I still, I, like I said, I've yet to play Among Us, so I'm really interested to play that over the next couple of days. Um, Same. The next one is from uh, Axeblade07. Uh, his number five is Immortals Phoenix Rising. Number two, Zelda Link's Awakening. Yeah, it's got to be on everybody's list. Uh, three, yeah. Astro's Playroom. Two, Ghosts of Tsushima. That was another one that I was interested in playing. I watched a lot of Twitch streams, uh, especially our good friend Steffi, Steffi Lou Who um, played it on her Twitch stream for a while. Uh, and, of course, number one, Spider-Man Miles Morales. That one seems to be on, on a lot of people's lists this year. Yep. And then our next list comes to us from Atlas. His uh, is no specific order. He said, no specific order. I play a lot of games. These were just the heavy hitters for me this year. Uh, Ghosts of Tsushima, which you just mentioned. Uh, Genshin Impact. Doom Eternal. Super Mario 3D All-Stars. And Animal Crossing New Horizons. And he said Beat Saber is really close to hours logged, but VR can be rough. Yeah, I'd love to uh, try out some VR stuff uh, because I know that um, what's the one that Facebook has uh, uh, their VR thing. Um, what is it called? I, I know what you're thinking of, but uh, yeah, they sure. they've got a new version coming out soon that I, I I wouldn't mind playing. I just don't like being in that Facebook ecosystem. That just seems weird yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, also, uh, this is from our community manager over at Discord, and we're going to have it on the show soon for our community spotlight section coming up early next year. Bethany Fox, um, number, let's see, says, Warframe, I put the most time into this year, like 300 or 400 hours over a few months. Yeah, I tried to play Warframe for a bit, but I did not get into it. It was too much going on. For my taste, um, spots one and two. Uh, let's see. Well, let's just say number four. He said uh, Diablo three. Yes, I love Diablo three. Um, don't sleep on Diablo three if you like top down uh, dungeon crawlers. Holy crap, that's the the creme de la creme is Diablo three. Uh, number three, Warframe two, Unravel and one Transistor. I uh, never heard of those two. Uh, it says spots one and two were memorable because they're great games with characters you can really connect with and is an emotional roller coaster. Um, I haven't heard of those, so I'm going to have to check those out and see what those are. Yeah, I haven't heard of those either. Next up, we have Jacob Craig, your co-host over on the Open Micers podcast. Mm -hmm. His number five is UFC 4. His number four, Resident Evil 3 Remake. Uh, three, Resident Evil Biohazard. Two, Detroit Becomes Human. And number one, The Last of Us Part Two. I need to play The Last of Us games. Yeah, same here. Uh, Oculus is what it was. Wally, our, our real-time fact checker in the chat room with Oculus. 
That's the word I couldn't think of. <laughs> shout out to Wally. Yeah, shout out to Wally. Uh, yeah, but if you haven't listened to the Open Micers podcast, Jake McCraig is, of course, my uh, co-host over there. And we did our top five list earlier today, which will be out uh, at the very end of the year um, at Open Micers on Twitter. Um, the next one is Josh Shinnewark. I hope I said that correctly. Yep. That um, is, he's a friend of mine. Okay. Uh, number five, Pokemon Sword and Shield. That's your territory right there. Uh, never, I haven't played those yet. Yeah, I haven't played any of the Pokemon games. Uh, four, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Three, Super Mario 64 on Switch. Two, Spider-Man Miles Morales. And one, Spider-Man Remastered. Is that uh, the guess- PS4 Spider-Man that they put out on PS5 that's remastered? I believe so. Okay. Still, I, something I've been seeing is pretty consistent is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Well, they're a great game. I mean, Spider-Man's great. I, I, yeah. I can't wait to play Miles Morales. Yeah. I, I'm willing to bet Miles Morales is going to make a cameo in Spider-Man 3. Oh, I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Yep. Next up, we have Armez Jackson one of our Patreon supporters. Number five, The Mummy Demastered for the Switch. Number four, Heavy Burger for the Switch. I've never heard of that I one. Had, I had a Heavy Burger yesterday. <laughs> I, I could go for a Heavy Burger right yeah. now, actually. Number three, Axiom Verge for the Switch. Two, Spider-Man for the PS4. And number one, Hollow Knight for the Switch. It seems like Spider-Man's going to be the, uh, the, the average favorite for everybody this year yeah even though it's not a game that came out this year it's still a i think i played was it last year that i played it yeah it was like it was 2019 when i played it uh that summer I remember while I he said up. that oh go ahead i picked it up for i remember i picked it up for 20 bucks off of amazon that's when i got it while he said that spider-man remastered is the ps4 okay yeah towards the ps5 he said it looks and plays great uh, let's see, Brandon Rutledge, one of our good friends, who was uh, he was a part of the uh, um, the movie thing, uh, the defending, the defending bad movies, yeah, defending bad movies last year, uh, f- which you can listen to on uh, the Derek Diamond podcast. Go back yep. to the archives. Uh, he said number five was Secret of Mana, um, one of your favorites. Uh, four yep. Kingdom Hearts three. I never played any of the Kingdom Hearts game. I know a lot of people that love those games, like Steffi. Steffi loves the Kingdom Hearts games. Um, I haven't played any of the spinoffs, but one and two are great games. I, I yeah. want to play the third one. Let's see. Number three, Castlevania Bloodlines. That's a really good game. Um, two, Street Fighter V Champion Edition. And number one, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I can't remember if I played Smash Brothers. This year. I'm sure I did, but... Have you played it at all this year? That's what I'm trying to think. I, I might have early in the year. Yeah. But I haven't played it in quite some time. But it's a great game. They just announced that um, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy is going to be a new character. I'm waiting for them to announce Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, it's coming. You know it is. Yeah. What they need to do is they need to announce that and then also for the new uh, It's About Time game coming mm-hmm. to the Switch. Yeah. Because that's what I'm waiting on. Like, I want to play that game but I'm going to wait for it to come out on the Switch. Yeah. Next up, we have Carlos Longoria. Number five, Call of Duty Mobile. Number four, Return to Arkham City. 
three, Sega Genesis Classics, number two, Streets of Rage 4, and number one, Super Mario 35. I've been wanting to get that Streets of Rage 4 for a while. I just I haven't pulled the trigger yeah. on that yet. Yeah. Because the Streets of Rage games are great. I actually did a stream of uh, um, Final Fight last Sunday. Uh, if you didn't get to join me, I might play it again. But uh, I'd love to do Streets of Rage too. Uh, Streets of Rage two, to be exact, because those are those are really that was Sega's answer to Final Fight on the Genesis. Yeah. Uh, let's see another good friend of the show, Tyler Watson, number five, Pokemon Pokemon Sword. Um, the Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra DLC really revived this game for me. Um, uh, the Galarian Star Tournament you earn from completing the Crown Tundra is a lot of fun, as it lets you team up with other characters in the game, including the gym leaders, and the more you complete it, the more partners you unlock. It's hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Let's see, Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition. Uh, a few years late on this one, but it was so much fun to hop back into Fallout. He built a murder bot companion, got his suit of power armor and favorite gun, and now I uh, bestride, the, bestride. Common, what, the Commonwealth as a Colossus. Well, all right. <laughs> uh, Persona 5, number three, Persona 5 Royal, uh, an update to one of his favorite entries in the favorite JRPG series. Uh, can't say enough good things about the quality of life updates given, throwing the new content at it, and that awesome Acid Jazz soundtrack, and I gladly paid for it again. Uh, number two, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, the game just happened to hit at the right time. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it was the balm a lot of us needed at the start of the pandemic, and it has been a way that some people have been able to interact virtually with each other. He's been playing since the GameCube and had a great time with each one. His wife and I have been building up their shared island and it's brought them a lot of joy. joy. And same as me, they've fallen off the last few months, but she managed to bring them up to a five-star island a month ago. Uh, number one, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, this sums it up. The story, the visuals, the music, the characters, the combat. Everything is just a chef's kiss. There's a reason why games that release late in a console's life are some of the best. They're able to draw out its full potential and deliver a mind-blowing experience. He hasn't finished the game yet. Uh, got sidetracked with Fallout 4, but plans to get back to it soon. I'm going to have to try Ghost of Tsushima, because that was, like I said, I watched a lot of gameplay of it with on Twitch streams, and it looks really good. Like It's a really beautiful game. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, we have Death Tanuki. Love that name. Hmm. Uh, number five is Abzu. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Number four is Mario 35. Number three, another game we mentioned earlier, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Mm -hmm. Number two, Ghost of Tsushima. And number one, Hades. Yeah, the I haven't Hades, heard of that one either. Hades is, uh, I've been hearing a lot of good things about that. It's like a, a roguelike type of game, but they, everybody says it takes that genre and just makes it better. And it's very, very addicting. So I might, I, I'm going to give it a try, but it'll be early next year before I, I get it. I got a couple other things I want to play first. And uh, hopefully the, I mean, it's already a cheap game because it's, uh, it's an indie title. I think it's roughly about 10 bucks or so, I think. Uh, 10, 15 bucks. But um, I'm going to play it soon because there's a lot of talk about that game. And people are just raving about it. Nice. 
Uh, and for our last one here, this comes from uh, at MushmouthTB, a.k.a. Touch Biloxi. Uh, very funny guy who uh, sponsored the Open Micers podcast, had him on a few times. And uh, he said these are the games that gave him his sexual awakening for the year. <laughs> and I'm not going to re- read what he wrote about most of these games, so I'll just read his list. But uh, if you want to read what he said, go over to the uh, Nerd Cave Retro Twitter. Dude is hilarious. Um, let's see. Number five, he had Crash Bandicoot. It's about time. Number four, Cyberpunk 2077. That's a weird one to put on here because from what I hear, that game is a janky mess right now, yeah. wherever it is. Um, we but, haven't really talked about that game yeah, and all the issues that it's been having. Yeah, that I've heard nothing but horror stories about that game so far. Uh, I think it was just way underbaked when they released it and uh, yep. just way too many um, things wrong with it. Uh, we got Axeblade and Wally said it. Uh, I think Wally said it, uh, it plays great on Stadia, but I've heard that too from a lot of people that it does play really well on Stadia, which is weird. So if you're going to play it, that's the place. Unless you have a really high-end PC, get the PC version or play it on Stadia, not on the consoles. So that's just weird to me. Um, number t- uh, Number three, Fall Guys. Number two, Among yep. Us, and a num- um, number one, uh, which this is pretty cool, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. I've been, I was wanting to get that remaster and completely forgot about it until he put it on his list. Yeah, I did too. And I, I love the soundtrack, especially yeah. from those games. Like that, those games were what, early 2000s? Yeah. Or late 90s? Um, play, I think uh, Tony Hawk 1. I think was on the PlayStation one. I think if I'm not mistaken, pretty sure it was the Let's PlayStation see. one pro skater two was released in September of 2000. And then where was the first one? Da, 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 da. 99. Okay. So yeah, yeah like late nineties, I think you could get it on, um, on the Nintendo 64, too. Yeah. At the time. Yeah, I Those were fun games to play. So good. That, that, those are the, the quintessential skating games, were those. Yeah, for sure. And there was one of those games, or really both of them, that you always knew a couple of people who would play it. Oh, yeah. We used, I, like, even I, I, if you didn't, you you know, like people at school would be like, "Oh man, you gotta try this Tony Hawk game. It's so good." Yeah, at the time, uh, I was roommates with a professional skater, and because um, we worked together, and um, he had a PlayStation One, and then he got the PlayStation Two. But I remember we on the weekends, we would uh, we had other friends that lived in the apartment complex too, and we had other friends that would come. Over. We would just have a bunch of people in the apartment like on a friday or saturday night just all of us taking turns playing tony hawk's pro skater one two you know all of all those early pro skater games and man we had such a good time playing those games and then, yeah, it's definitely one of those party games i remember it was the playstation 2 um you could i think it might have been uh tony hawk 2 where you could put in the uh the cheat code where you didn't have to balance anymore when you did a rail slide. So you would just rack up like billions of points <laughs> just yep. doing rail slides. That was awesome. 
Yeah, I remember that too. Such oh, fun games. So good. I'm gonna have to go back and get those because um, I can't believe I completely forgot that the, that the, those remasters were out. We should do sometime next year. One of us review the first one, and then the other review the second one. I'm down for that. I think it'd be totally fun. Totally down with that. Be fun to go back and play those again. Uh, but like I said, if we missed anybody, we had so many submissions. If we missed anybody, I completely apologize. Just let us know, and uh, we'll get back. We'll get you on the next episode. But like I said, we between Discord, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and um, the the e- email we had, we had a lot of submissions and to keep up with. I, I had no clue we were going to get this many submissions in for this show. But thank you guys. Thank you so much for uh, for giving us your your top five list because I know Derek is a he is a top five list kind of guy. You gave me my fix. Yeah, top five. <laughs> so, no, it's uh, and, and I think all joking aside, I think top five lists make for really good discussion. Oh yeah, with people. You know, it's like the the morning show I did during the summer when the pandemic was at its worst. It, it made for good conversation. And I interacted with people that I normally wouldn't have if not for doing the top five shows. Yeah. So they're they're good. Um, they're good conversation starters. I mean, there's, you know, we can debate whether or not oh this should be number one or it should be down to number three or number four. Yeah. And sometimes it's tough to to narrow them down. So yeah, really I, really fun stuff. It took me a couple of days to really narrow down my list because I played a lot of stuff this year. And uh, I think it really helped too that uh, w- with the submissions that it didn't have to be something that came out this year, just something that yeah. you played this year. And uh, yeah. I think this was a good year for video games because you know because of the lockdown and everything, uh, a lot of games got played this year. Yeah, and it gave everybody a chance also to kind of go back and mm-hmm. play older games that they may not have otherwise played were things back at normal. So yeah. For sure. But uh, before we go this evening, is there anything you would like to uh, throw out there before we leave this evening? Yes. So uh, this upcoming Monday, uh, you, myself, and Mr. Wally Phelps will be doing uh, another roundtable edition of the Derek Diamond Experience where we're talking about my all-time favorite movie, one of the greatest movies ever made. The Empire Strikes Back. We're going to end 2020 on a good note by talking about one of the greatest movies ever made. So that will be out uh, New Year's Eve. It'll be out on December 31st. So be sure to check that out on the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Got some good things in the works for uh, early 2021 that I will reveal if they come to fruition. So uh, if you want to Stay up to date on that. Just follow me on social media at D Diamond Podcast. Uh, and speaking of the roundtable, we're going to do we're going to do uh, our episode. Um, we got to figure out when we're going to do it. Our uh, uh, Mandalorian season two breakdown. Yeah, because holy crap, there's a lot to digest. Dude. And I'm glad we didn't do it immediately yeah. after because, <laughs> like, I I'm like I'm going to need a minute. I'm still digesting it, man. I, I watched it uh, the finale again last night, and you know, there's a few things to nitpick about it as far as some of the effects go. I'm not going to give any spoilers to anybody who hasn't seen it, but there's a few effects things that could have been a little better. But I mean, it's so good you don't care, you know that it's like you're just so 
pulled into the moment, you know, like they just, they, it was a ma- that, fi- that finale was a master stroke. Without spoiling it, it was up there with the ending of Rogue One with Darth Vader as one of the best sequences in the entire franchise's history. Everything great about Star Wars happens in a hallway. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're really not wrong. But I, I want to go back and honestly watch some of the earlier episodes because I remember yeah. the first episode was really good with Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vant. Yep. I love that episode. I'm it's still one of the best episodes of the season. I just want to go back and watch the whole series over again and just watch it as one big arc, you know? Yep. But yeah, Same. if you haven't watched it yet, uh, if oh my God, I had to talk uh, one of my longest friends of mine. We have a, a group text between him and my brother because we all kind of grew up together. Um, you know, he was my me and my brother are five years apart and he's in between us. So, you know, he was a couple years older than me, a couple years below my brother. But we all kind of grew up as friends. And we have to this day, we have a group text and I had sent them a meme from Mandalorian and they were both like I haven't watched it yet is it worth watching and I was like it's the best Star Wars content since the original movies like you can't not watch it you have to and uh he started my buddy Dave started watching it the other night he's like when does this take place I said it was five years after Return of the Jedi and he was like okay cool so he's watching it as we speak uh getting through I don't know if my brother started it yet but I know he's going to soon yeah, and this Sunday I'll be recording an episode of my show d- discussing The Mandalorian as well with our mutual friend, Mr. Steve Wise. So yes. we'll have, uh, if you like Star Wars, you're going to enjoy uh, both this show and my solo show over the next couple of weeks. So there's a lot of Star Wars content coming between yep. our two shows. <laughs> um, It'll I be think- fun. I think that's about it. Go uh, check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on uh, Twitter and Open Micers podcast on Facebook. We've had a lot of good interviews lately. One of ours blew up a few weeks ago on YouTube. It's got over a thousand views. We talked to a a Maxim model and uh, that one went over a thousand views. So I'm like, okay, doing something right. And uh, yeah, well, just last week we talked to uh, Howard Bloom. Uh, that one's coming out tomorrow, I think. Um, the it's already out on YouTube, but the the audio is coming out tomorrow. He's a, a theoretical physicist who turned out to uh, uh, be a publicist for like Michael Jackson and uh, Sticks, ACDC, uh, um, all kind of like uh, Billy Joel, like people like that back in the eighties. So go check that interview out it wasn't even an interview i asked him one question and the dude just went off for like 45 minutes i was like that was the easiest show i ever did so go check that one out when it comes out like i said at open micers on uh twitter so anything else before we leave the scene thank you guys for joining us in the chat room too you guys are you guys are awesome so uh no i think i'm good Awesome. Let's go ahead and play our music here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfantastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And of course, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro where you can go throw us a couple of bucks a month. And if you keep us above that $50 level, we will continue to do the 
commentary tracks every month. And don't miss this month's where we did a uh, Christmas episodes of Batman the Animated Series and the real Ghostbusters. And if you can't do that, can't throw us a couple of bucks a month. I know times are tough right now. Go leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. So let's go ahead and get out of here. Derek, tell them what it's all about. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Monkey. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.